You're listening to New Dogma Zine. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. It is NDZ Live number 43. This is Andrew. I am here with Grant and Mitch. How are you guys? Doing all right. Living life. Just living that living that life, Mitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As usual. As uh, per the usual. <laughs> using using the the Gen Z slang uh, as the young people do. Um, ah, just yes, abbreviate, the, the just abbreviate everything. Yeah, yeah. Sus. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, just to get some uh, some sort of the the logistical things, the the. The, the, the housekeeping, out, the, the, the business, the housekeeping stuff out of the way. I uh, want to thank everybody that came out to uh, DCV3's housewarming event this last Friday. Um, it was kind of fun. Yeah, it was okay. Um, good music, good people. Uh, we didn't even charge a cover and got paid out by the bar at the end of the night. That's how well uh, the event went for, for the bar and the staff there. Um, they like having us for whatever reason. I think it's because we bring people in there that want to drink. Um, I don't know if it's because uh, people go to actually dance. There were a lot of people there. Uh, it seemed to me like a lot more people than were dancing, but that's kind of how these things go. Um, but that was over at Rabinia Courtyard. We are currently in the process of booking in more dates with them, um, mm-hmm. lining up dates from March through July. Uh, We are trying to line things up for some of those as um, they probably won't be called housewarming, but we are trying to line up some of those for post-match events for Ford Madison home games. Uh, So be on the lookout for those. Uh, Our good friend of the show and sort of my, my uh, DJing partner in crime, Chris Fox will be over at Lola's high low lounge this Friday night. Uh, for it's not actually the name on their event page. Um, I don't know exactly how who enters those or how they get there, uh, but um, I was referred to as a homie of Chris Fox, uh, which is great. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, good. Probably will never get a, a higher uh, like praise or reference. Um, well, y- you will, but we cannot say this in that show. No, no. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> Eric's laughing because he already knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, we are we are starting a series, hopefully, uh, of funk and soul nights. Uh, we're okay. playing 45 RPM records, old school seven inch singles called Petite Same, uh, which stands is French for sm- uh, little soul or small soul. Get it? You know, small records, little tiny things of soul music. Anyway. Um, we'll be over at Lola's this Friday night from nine to midnight. Please come out and see us. It'd be great to see you. Uh, they have great food, great drinks there and very, very nice ambiance. It's set up to be like a Japanese, like hi-fi listening bar, uh, in the style of like an old school, like jazz kissa. Um, another bit of housekeeping news or, or goings on grant and I uh, will be at the February 16th preseason game in the twin cities uh, offering coverage for that game. We'll have audio from uh, some of the guys afterwards, potentially a little write up um, some photos potentially, but largely we're there to get audio from the guys as to how the preseason is developing um, and and maybe might sneak in some light record shopping as part of that trip, as oh, per thanks. usual. This thanks. is just the business of the day, Grant. That's just how it is. It's part of the trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, part of the deal. You know. Yeah. Professionals. Now with the the business portion of things out of the way, we can get right into the nitty gritty. Uh, it is. Uh, Episode 43, so we invited a guy with exactly 43 hairs on his head. Uh, Eric Leonard, how are you? 
That's crazy, Grant. You didn't even prepare me for that one. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I like, like for real. I had like that. That that is an Andrew Schmidt off the cuff original right there, my friend. Can we just talk about how good Andrew is at his openings. Like I, I that kind of came out of nowhere. I was I wasn't even ready. I mm. like that though. Mm. Like you know, that. I'm going to see our mutual hairdresser uh, on Thursday night, Eric. I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with him now because I'm pretty sure that he charges me the same price that he charges you. <laughs> you see, here's the problem. Right? If, I, if, if I open, welcome mouth, back, I'm, Eric. I'm subject to more torment. So it's almost uh, like you know, and nod my head and smile. This is this is I the thing, this, though, man. Eric. This is the only thing that I have on you. That's that's the issue here. I know. All both I of my know. jokes are 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 gone now, and I'm just going to be boring the rest of this episode. I like that. No, those are good ones, man. <laughs> you want it's you want out with bad. a bang. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Eric Leonard, it is a hearkening back to loggers with Lenny, where this new dogma audio situation all started. Um, how have you been? Yeah, been good. Uh, can't complain too much uh, in Chicago. Life's life's good. Carly's good. Everyone is, you know, happy, healthy, just uh, kind of enjoying this limbo realm right now. So kind of transitioning, figuring out what's what's going to happen next. You mentioned uh, kind of a, a, a limbo type of situation. Um, are you referring just to kind of like figure out where life goes next for the both of you? Like potentially where you know, life might take you physically, uh, geographically. Yeah. I think, you know, for, for me and her, I know we've always talked about being back in Madison. So I think for us, whether it's, you know, this year or in the near future, we're going to be coming back for sure. I think for me personally, um, you know, these next couple of weeks, you know, deciding what's going to be happening in terms of my career, you know, am I going to keep playing one, two, three, four more years, or is it, uh, going to be, you know, where I'm transitioning um, into the next chapter, um, you know, something maybe I've done, uh, went to school for. So it's just kind of that limbo period is what I call it, because there's a lot of question marks in the air. Um, and I mean, you all three, you guys know better than anyone, right? Soccer is a very, can be a cruel business. And, you know, sometimes waiting on that contract can be tough. And it's just one of those things you got to be patient. Um, and if it doesn't come, then ready to to switch gears just like that. I, I lied, Mitch. Um, so you mentioned going to school. You've been away. Uh, you used to be a, a a sort of stalwart on the back line in the defensive midfield for Fort Madison on the pitch. Uh, but you've been spending the last year and a half at McDonald University down in Chicago. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't keep us, I can't keep a straight face with that. But what? Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! They're they're just on rapid. He's just like boom. boom. It's right down the street. (laughs) Oh God! Uh, We're off the rails already, and we're not even ten minutes in. Great. All right. Yeah, I was expecting this, and it just happened earlier than I thought it would. Um, (laughs) No, no, but you've been playing with the Chicago Fire's MLS Next Pro side for the past year or so. Um, what was that experience like for you? What did you glean from it? Yeah. You know, one of the things that, you know, sitting down with Matt and Connor, um, you know, going into my option year for my fifth year with Madison was, you know, Hey, obviously I don't want to be here, but if there's an opportunity to go with the fire, you know, is this something I should do? And we all kind of looked at each other and we were like, yeah, you know, you have to go for it. So I ended up signing with the second team. And one of the cool things about that was, I had the ability throughout the year to train with the first team, which I think for me was um, incredible, something I'll always hold on to because, you know, I got to play with some of the top players in the country. Um, The level between the first team and the second team might be very small, but it's those small margins that set those players apart. And I think being able to be in that environment on a weekly basis was something that I'll always hold, you know, grateful for my career. Now, the second team, um, focusing specifically on that, it was a, a bit more developmental based. There was, you know, I had the opportunity to have some leadership roles within that. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you know, everything was about getting, whether it was me or those younger guys, the chance to get to the first team. Um, you know, obviously that didn't happen with me um, this past year, but once again, I wouldn't have traded it because I got to, to play with some of the top players in the, in the country. Yeah. So we talked about that. We actually had a, a, a sort of virtual conversation over video <laughs> chat the other day. You mentioned some of the guys that you got to train with in the first team. Who who left the biggest mark on you? Yeah, you know what? I, you know, everyone is like, oh, it's got to be Shakiri, right? I, honestly, I would probably say Gaston Jimenez. And the reason is, is because, you know, I'm a defender. With that being said, I have played the sixth position a couple times. When you watch him play in the midfield, I mean, the things that he does is 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 nowhere similar to what you know, most other players can do because his speed of play is that much higher. His, his IQ and his ability to read the game is just so much quicker, which is obviously why at one point he was a DP spot for the fire. Um, <clears throat> but his control on the ball, he already knows what's going to happen. So he's not worried about it. So for me, when the ball's coming to me, if I might be focused on the touch or, you know, what part of the foot I'm going to use, he already knows that. And he's already thinking about what he's going to do. And I just think the creativity that someone like him brings along with other players in that midfield, it's, it's pretty special to watch. You mentioned I that you were going to say Wyatt Omsberg, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't uh, hate on my boy Wyatt. <laughs> I but, I would uh, never, I would never. I've been to one fire game, and he came on late in the game, and I was I was screaming and hollering at everyone around oh, me. Sure. Not very many people because sure. I was in oh, the upper yeah. decks at Soldier Field. Everyone around me is just looking at me like, "What? The, what is this kid? What is this kid on?" What a legend! What a legend he is, man. He's still there. So Eric, you mentioned this um that the, you know the difference between the second team and the first team is very slight but that you know it's it's those differences are what make what make it what it is. What are some of those differences that you noticed? Yeah, I mean, if you look at let's just take my position, right? So I'm 5 what 4 foot 8 is my is my, is my height and you look at some of those <laughs> You look at some of those other guys. Twenty three, the twenty three hairs add a couple of inches. So. Yeah, and they do, and and sometimes they're just not as many though. hairs as inches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, geez, tough crowd. Um, but no, at the at the end of the day, a lot of those guys minimum are six foot. Um, as center backs, number one, number two, I think. Um, you know, the the ability to be be quick on the ball as a six. Um having the vision and the technique and the mass mastering of that is, is very high for them. I think the speed of play is like I said, one thing, but something I've noticed specifically with the second team, we played um, a three back at times. And the first team also would play a three back at times with specific personnel, someone like Carlos Tehran, 19 years old, and he has one of the top five fastest MLS speeds. I can promise you, I do not have one of the top five fastest MLS speeds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's I don't just, believe you. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you know what? Riddle me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let me get out there. This this man, no, this but... man, we we know we know he was blitzing Derek Gebhard every single day in oh, practice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, the, my running form, I'm gonna make it back. But no, so these guys, <laughs> these guys, they're just they're wicked and they're they're athletes, they're specimen. Um, so I, I think just that the athletic side of things, you definitely notice that. Um, the height thing doesn't stand out too much to me for the way I play in my position, but I think coaches at the next level are looking for that. They'd rather have a six foot or, or higher compared to me. Um, and then just the passing, you know, take someone like Wyatt Omsberg, for example, he can hit a 90 yard ball diag across the field. Same thing with Rafa, their captain, you know, he, he pinpoints the pass to break lines. And I think that's a big thing that I noticed at this next level is that, okay, it's not about just the forward pass. It's not about, you know, beating beating a person or, or you know defending them because for me defense and 1v1 ability and the technique is of the art of defending is very important to me but it's and it's about once you win the ball can you break the line and that's why they sign guys like Andrew Gutman and they sign a lot of these these players because they're looking for the attacking side of defenders as well absolutely <clears throat> um we didn't have any sort of submissions from social media or from fans this particular time. Um, but one of the questions that I have as a fan of yours and of Forward Madison is how often do you still talk to Ryan Coulter? Uh, once a week. Once a week. Like what is the conversation usually about? 
Former Ford Madison goalkeeper Ryan Coulter, current oh. FC Cincinnati, and uh, I guess MLS Cup winner uh, Ryan Coulter. Yeah, he's uh, got I a guess. ring. Yeah, man. If you're looking for a laugh, just message the guy. Get on a phone call with him. Anything he, that comes out of his mouth, is, you can't you can't take seriously. It's just so funny. And no, Ryan is one of my good friends. He was obviously um, a groomsman, stood up in my wedding, but. Uh, he he's someone I look up to a lot as well is more than just a friend. We talk with him about advice. We're always bouncing things up um, back and forth. Him and Jerrica actually just, uh, they just bought their first house um, oh, in nice. Cincinnati. So they're getting adjusted. I keep asking when kids are coming and he keeps saying he's just going to keep buying more dogs. So I, I don't know how to. <laughs> I understand how to that. Him. I get, I, I get he, it. I think he's, he's made a good choice there. Yeah. 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 But no weekly, man, he's, Good guy, good friend, good someone to uh, in the soccer world you want to stay connected with. Yeah, you mentioned Shakiri uh, a few minutes ago. Um, is the hype real around that guy's dad calves? <laughs> the, the socks don't fit them. It's just simple <laughs> as that. So he has to. He, he's one of those guys that has to cut the holes out in the back. Yes, because like you know, like. I don't know. Do you, you guys? Do you guys know why they do that, right? Uh, like, I, like, 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 like. I know Eric. You know, but like Mitch and yeah. like Mitch and Andrew, you guys know this. I just assume for ventilation, calves get too hot. It's, no, it's it's literally because they cut it out because like these guys, some dudes have calves that are so big for the sock that like it cuts like it messes with circulation and like and you know and other things like that. So they cut the holes in the back. So that the calves can come out of the sock and actually like, you, know. you gotta let those those pythons let breathe, them breathe, you know baby. At, at, so that like point, breathe, at that baby, point, you know? why not just get custom socks? Why not right. get well, some, something? Why not get something which like, which they're like, which are now being made? Yeah. As as I'm sure Eric was just going to point out. So like Jack Relish from Manchester City, he's another right. guy with massive calves. They now make customized socks for him because hmm. so many players from the Prem were were cutting their socks. Okay, we got to fix this. Million so. dollar idea for Shakiri here. Sakiri. Make it happen. Make it happen. This is your next business venture there, Eric. You got to your you can Give be, a call. Yeah, <laughs> you can be his wealth manager oh, and his product manager for his gigantic calf socks. I like that. Okay, <laughs> business venture. Well, you know, you just got to find the angles. Sometimes that's what I found out. Um, what what's Carly up to these days? I mean, we've had her as like a sort of like Eric adjacent guest on on episodes of Loggers with Lenny. Uh, mm-hmm. What what's she what's she doing with her life these days? Let me let me see if I can put this this photo into perspective. So this last week, can you guys see this? Mm. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a puppy. So it's a puppy. And if anyone knows Carly, she loves dogs. And I have put this off for three years. Um, you got a, putting you get a dog? Not yet, but we uh, we found a breeder. Um, it's a golden retriever. And uh, she's really excited. So we pick up the dog, I think, in a couple months. So Whoa. Nice. Nice. Big step. That is a big step. Yeah. So really excited for that. The name is Sullivan. Sully for short. Um, if anyone was wondering, <laughs> you see Sully. It's Sully. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, dogs. A dog's a big deal. Are you sure you're ready? No, not at all. Yeah, that's no. the best way to go about it. Just no, get right I, into it. Let's say as long as she knows the responsibilities the on her. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pizza the fire, ma'am. Yeah. So you know you. You'll be fine. Yeah. You, you mentioned, and, you know, with without getting, like, too entirely into details, it sounds like you mentioned you still, you're still looking to play. Um, sounds like contract with the fire is, is not – is sort of off for this next season from previous conversations. Um, sounds like Forward Madison was not able to offer you a contract either – what what's next for Eric Leonard as far as playing prospects go? What can you share yeah. anyway? No, that's uh, a good question. So I, think, I think I think I think a lot of our listeners know, like a lot of the folks that listen to this have been listening to us since 
back in the day when you were literally like our co-host on every ap- every episode and right. you know folks care about you and want to know what's going on with your playing career no i appreciate that i think i mean i definitely a, a tough spot um i think one of the things that when i knew i was going to go to the fire i've always said is um you know the loyalty in soccer there, there's no no such thing as loyalty but for me i've always tried to remain loyal so um you know one of the reasons and you know unfortunately i don't think um knock on wood but unfortunately i don't think it's going to work out where i'm able to play for madison this year but um i've always said that if i'm going to go back to usl league one um i don't want to go back to another team that's not forward madison just because um of not only my history there but of how much the club means to me um, and now, now my family, I mean, you guys need to think about all of the things that have happened for me at the club, right? Uh, from appearances to, uh, I mean, I met my wife, she came to a game at Hart Park, um, you know, for the first time I proposed to my wife on Bree Stevens field. Um, you know, my family, a lot, a lot of things around the city of Madison mean a lot to me. And now, regardless if I play for the next five years, we now have planned to move back. So including you guys are a big reason the culture of the city is just, it means a lot to me. So in terms of playing, um, I'm not sure there's, you know, a couple different teams that I'm speaking with right now. Um, you know, there is another one within the league, um, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, gauge that one out to see if that, if that makes sense for, yeah. for me and my family. Um, and then if not, um, it would just be transitioning into the next step. So, you know, I have a background in finance and mathematics and um, I'm also sitting on, um, a couple of different job offers within um, the Madison and Milwaukee area um, from a financial standpoint that um, could also be, you know, the next step. And and I've talked with you guys many times. The problem is, is that, you know, my body feels good. Um, I feel great. I feel the fittest I've been, you know, especially with my the training regimen at the fire. Um, it's just sometimes soccer can be a cruel business and it's about, you know, uh, making the best step forward that's, you know, has your family in mind. Yeah. Um, one name that came up actually talking with a, a friend at work the other day, uh, this is totally on the spot, but, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Jose Bautista bought the Las Vegas lights recently, former major league baseball, like six, what six time MLB all-star Jose Bautista. And they just brought in this, the wait, wait, former wait, wait, wait. Joey, Joey Betts. Joey yeah. Bats. Yep. Oh yeah. Joey Bats. Toronto Blue Jays. So yep. he bought Las Vegas Lights and they just brought in uh Jean Leonardo oh. Neglia, who used to be the sporting director at, Ven- at Venice, uh, Venezia FC. I the the rumor mill is is that they are looking to round out their roster uh, and have only a handful of players signed. Um Yeah, I, I actually have a couple players. I will who play for the, uh, for Las Vegas lights right now. They were, they were telling me about that. I, Hey, Hey, you know what? Uh, Mitch, I lied again. One, one might say maybe you roll the dice on Las Vegas lights. Uh, Mitch is shaking his head. <laughs> look, at that, look at his face. Look at it. Oh man. You, you, you and you like, had oh. one in the group chat today too. Oh. Good, good, good. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. One, Andrew. Yeah. Well, well, look you at you. Look at, look, look, look at you. You have a birthday and it just becomes nothing but just dad jokes. The, just, the rest of the- I just throw them all out there now. I'm yeah. I got no filter. What? Fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think as far as USL championship sides, cash is probably the most terrifying of all the mascots. Have you ever Absolutely. zoomed in on his face? It's, ter- no. it's it is horrific. Uh, oh God, I don't even know if there's a real person in there. It might just there be might like, be. yeah, it might be Animal animated. Dogs. Yeah, it might be animated by that same dark voodoo that keeps Keith Richards alive. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> maybe it's like a whole like Chuck E. Cheese animatronics situation. <laughs> it could be. Oh, I'm like, looking like at it right else. now. Yeah, Jeez. terrifying. Like anything else that the lights do, it's probably just just filled with cash. Just, <laughs> just like you, you unzip the back of it, and it just it's just a whole bunch of money just falls out. It just comes out. How does how does it move on its own? Nobody knows. Um, yeah, I guess like. Do you, do you feel though, Eric, like you're, you're kind of 
it, it sounded like from our conversation the other day, though, that you're, you you don't feel like you're really ready to stop playing. No, I'm not. Um, yeah. And I think that's that, that was actually a question I was going to ask you is like, do you feel like it's something where is this a situation for you? Because like you mentioned, like you just mentioned, like you, you, know, you don't feel like you're ready. I'm sure when you were like starting your career, did you look at this and say like, I'm going to go into like the wheels fall off, you know? Yeah, I was for me. And, yeah. and But now it's like, you're seeing that that might not be what you're, you know, you know what the situation is, how do you do, you know, how, what, what, what is the, the mental process for all of that? Yeah, I'll be honest. The past, um, the past two months have been tough, man. Like, really tough mentally. Um, luckily I have, obviously you guys know my family, which they're awesome. Um, I think one of the hardest parts of playing in this career is that soccer can be ruthless. And the difference between being a 22 year old, um, and single and, um, going after a dream versus being 28, um, and also having a wife and, you know, also, you know, there's goals you want to chase and things you guys want to do together yeah. and realizing the, the maturity yeah. that you have to ha have in that it's, you know, um, it, it can be tough. And I think, you know, to answer your question, Grant, um, am I ready to be done playing? No. Um, but am I, will I ever be ready to be done playing? No, as well. Right. Because I think that right. I've always wanted right. to play yeah. till I'm, you know, till I'm 40. Um, but, well, you know, if I can, I can do everything that I can, I can, you know, stay in shape, which I've been doing. I've been training, you know, with high level players, but it comes to a point sometimes that, you know, if, if there is no contract or that, you know, the contract doesn't make sense um you know sometimes the decision is made for you have you has there been any consideration like uh joining like an amateur squad if it comes down to it and then making yourself available um you know if if a team needs a mercenary or something like that in the middle of the season yeah absolutely and i think regardless that's my plan um you know like i said i think for me, one of the things that I like about this career that I'm going into financially related is that there is a little bit of flexibility. There's a lot of licensing that needs to, to, to happen. And so for me, um, I don't think there's been a day since I haven't worked out or played soccer, um, whether it was competitively on my own or, you know, just doing fitness because I always need to feel like I'm staying in shape. So, um, you know, I've touched on it a little bit, but me and Carly are, I think, planning to move back to Madison this year, um, regardless of what happens, if something um, professionally doesn't happen with soccer and it is something where I plan to stay fit and ready in case something were to happen, let's say with Madison, um, or, you know, something else. So if that answers that Mitch. Answers it well enough, I think. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Like you, you mentioned the other day when we were talking, like, it seems like some of the, like more of the sort of lower levels or especially at third division, are really looking for younger players in general, regardless of like whether somebody over the age of 25, 26 years old still has a lot left in the tank and a lot to offer a club and an organization as far as going for a title push. Um, you've never been short on tenacity. I mean, it, like at, at this point in your career, does it feel like, there's almost more of a, an impetus to sell yourself to an organization as opposed to like just letting your, your sort of like pedigree speak for itself. Yeah. You know what? That's been, a, I think that's been um, a big struggle that I've, I've faced over these past couple months because, you know, you look over at teams in Europe and take someone, James Milner, for example, you know, I think he's around 35, 36 years old. Um, obviously not playing as much now, but when you talk about the prime of players in Europe, it's around 27, 28 years old. I just turned 28. And, you know, for me, I see, I feel like over the years since starting at Ford Madison um, to now, I see the game a little bit differently, obviously might not be, um, I have different things, but I also have gained a lot of different things as well. And I think I am just hitting my prime now, which I think is, can at times be a little bit frustrating to me. However, I also understand that at the end of the day, I can sit here and persuade you that I'm going to run through a brick wall for you. I can tell you that the forwards aren't going to get by me. And in my opinion, they won't. But if a coach sees potential 
in an 18, 19 or 20 year old and developing them, you know, it, it's, I also understand that as well. Um, but mm-hmm. it's tough when, you know, if I told you personally, Hey guys, my body's starting to decay. My knees are hurting me. I just feel like I can't output the same. I'm just, I'm not in that. I'm not in that situation yet, which I think makes the decision a bit tougher. I will tell you this at someone who just turned 42 years old, I feel older, but I don't feel like my body is decaying. Yeah. <laughs> am I, am I going to get you a sign? Great. Well, Hey, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but <clears throat> there's no chance of getting signed to a, a third division side in the U S. Uh, but I also have, you're going to have trouble getting signed to a third division team over at Kiva, bud. Hey, <laughs> that's just because i'd rather be uh outside the barrier uh sipping sipping on a bottle or smoking a heater <laughs> put me yelling in. away yelling at one of us yeah, yeah. <laughs> put me in you dicks um yeah no i mean it, it's an interesting thing right because i think a lot of as as fans of the game and the you know especially in this country like it's kind of like you mentioned right like if you have a player overseas right especially in england who plays their entire career in like league one league two non-league sort of setup they can play into their 40s it's not a gamble for 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 those those teams if somebody is producing right to like give somebody a contract, even if it's at like a sort of minimum level in some of those FA governed leagues, Mm -hmm. it seems though, like maybe this is sort of a product of the league set up in this country. And I mean, look, hardly any of these clubs are actually making money at all. Right. If not hemorrhaging money, like pretty badly. Um, we've we've talked on previous episodes like about the financial situation of a lot of the like usl uh level clubs in this country Any, anyone lower than mls really they're losing money by and large are losing money do you think it, it is due to the financial constraints there or is it like just the the push to constantly need to perform um or is it something else because if, as we've seen like in this country, you look look at it. The case example that we have for USL one is Lansing, right? They made it to the semifinal in 2019 and then folded a week later. Like, it. Do you think it's due to the financial situation, or is it like the this sort of reticence at this point to sign veteran players, or is it is it more is it something else? Here's what I'll here's what I'll say to that. I think, I think there's a couple different things that that align with that. However, I think the main problem is that some teams don't establish the business plan that is needed to succeed. Now, with Ford Madison, I will say that is not the case. You look at someone like Connor Kaloya, Vern, and all these other guys who are involved with the project. Maybe in year one, year two, you don't see it right away, but you start to get a glimpse of what is be, trying to be created. And now you're you guys are going into year six. And I think it's very clear the image and the picture and the business that Ford Madison is and is trying to be, which is why I think long term that they will be, you know, mm-hmm. extremely financial and they'll be fine. You take someone like Lansing, um, you know, and they had incredible players. You know, uh, Nate Miller was the coach, and we know a lot of guys, and you guys do too, uh, yeah. who played on that team. Uh, Grant Stoneman, now he's at Rhode Island in a championship. A lot of those players had extreme talents, but the business plan was not there. The fan base, they didn't have a flock. They didn't have someone, they had their fan base, but they didn't have a flock where it was, hey, you guys are live or die by Ford Madison. And I think that's so important because in League One, um, you know, if you pinpoint just League One, you have to have a fan base that is willing to sacrifice their time for you. And, you know, at times you might think it's unfair, but that's one of the reasons why that keeps me pulled to Ford Madison is you guys look at what you guys do on the side for the club. Um, It's just so much and i'm talking not even this stuff you know these get-togethers the volunteer that you guys do the raising money for charities the nonprofits. i mean that's all part of a business plan that was you know that encourages the growth of ford madison 
I think if you look at a couple of different teams that are starting to go that way, um, you know, your Greenvilles are starting to have their own facility, maybe Union Omaha as well in the future. But it's there's so many little details that go unnoticed and it starts with the business plan. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I I think I'm hoping that it's something that the the fan base in Madison like continues to understand and sort of internalizes as like this is this is a super important thing, their involvement with this organization and, and the, the longevity of it, right? Because like as far as we've been told, and Kaloya even said it at the first town hall this off season, the the club's not yet in the black. Uh, it's close, but it's not quite there. And I mean, it's something that I said to our our, our friend Liam uh, Liam Gahagan Smith, who's been on the show before, uh, who helped me uh, co-found the flock in the first place. I said to him before that first season, like. And I've told Connor and Vern this multiple times, like, look, we need to work hard so that this thing lasts. And I fully believe if we hadn't, if the fan base that exists around this club now didn't exist during that 2019 season, wasn't built up during that first year, this club would have folded during the pandemic hundred percent. Yeah. And the the board that's in place at the flock right now has a, a a a big heavy task this year of trying to work to build that back up because we've been losing season ticket holders in the flock and it's it's largely being filled by single game tickets because it's a the cheapest ticket in the entire stadium and b the the last tickets left uh, when they go on general sale even up to like the the day of the game. So I think there's some impetus there this season that maybe hasn't been there in past seasons. There's a big financial aspect around, around soccer in this country. It's just the way it is. Um, we're talking with a finance guy tonight, uh, also happens to be a soccer player. Uh, so I, I think we definitely appreciate your insight on that. Um, even though you're not like, you know, a business developer, a finance guy, more of a, a sort of your offers. It sounded like the other day when we were talking, we're more around wealth management. Um, but still though, if you're, if you're advising somebody that maybe is considering investing in a lower league soccer club, what kind of stuff do you look for? What, what would you be telling somebody who, maybe has some, some cash to invest in, in a business that wants to get involved in sports and they're considering a, a, a second or third division soccer club. Yeah, that's easy. You need to find, you need to find a market that has um, uh, fruitful club teams, meaning um, they don't need to be just academy, but you need to be in an area where there is competition, um, where there is uh, growth of soccer players from you know a young age, not just high school teams or academy teams. I think another thing is you need to feel that there's um, an entertainment aspect as well. One of the best things about Madison is the fact that the bars align the walking up to Bree Stevens. You can convince me whatever you want, but at the end of the day, if you're another player on another team and you're standing there warming up and you see the flock walk on the field across to their stands, it is the one one of the most intimidating things. Don't tell me it pumps you up. Don't I mean these people are here to boo against you, to talk about your hairline, to tell you you know they're gonna <laughs> break into your house. You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> is that is something <clears throat> that I'm not sure if it was thought of in the beginning, but it, it matters. You need to have an entertainment scene. So you, the first two things are those. I'd say the third thing is you need to find a group of people who are aligned with a common goal of seeing a a team succeed. You will never do well in this business if you go go on your own. And that's why look at how many people you've brought to the flock. Look at how many people all three of you individually have brought to games and then who brought a handful of people past that. Soccer, you know, Ford Madison isn't just a team you guys support. It's also, in my opinion, it's become part of a hobby. It's become a job for you guys. You know, there's a lot of things that you guys do that all attribute to the growth of the club. So I would say those three things. You you need to find like-minded people 
you need to have uh, youth in the area because remember, soccer families, soccer moms and dads, they're going to want to bring their kids on a Saturday night. Oh, look, this is the dream. This is where I'm going to be in five, six, 10 years, you know, and you need to have an entertainment aspect. Yeah, we we are definitely not the youth aspect of that. That is very clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what the young people are doing, whether they want me to or not, but I, I do not represent them. No. Uh, that is very clear. We're not trying to, though. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like, you know, I, I think it's I think it's what, like what Eric said is I think in every in, 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 in any time you do this, you need uh, a core group of diehards yep. that, are, that are just going to that are going to be going to be there through thick and thin. And I think in, you you can go back to the 2020 season. Yeah, you know the people, a lot of the people that were were there in 2020 are a lot of the people that are on the board for the flock this year. It's wild or, to me, Eric, that you mentioned like Carly coming to watch you play at Hard Park. Right, right. In the middle of the yeah. pandemic, like that, it, it, it takes some dedication. You know, yeah. I mean, and and that's just it. It's like. And then you know, and those are the people that you know end up carrying the torch for for all the other people to come on board with this. And so, um, yeah. So I I think so, Eric. In terms of like the financial aspect with, you know, with running a club, um, you know, you you mentioned some of the things like off the pitch. What do you feel are some of the financial aspects that you need in order to have a successful club? I think um, I think that um, you know if you look at someone, I, I keep using uh, these three because of I think in my opinion Ford Madison has been successful. But I think you need to have an owner um, who not only um, understands the business side but also understands the soccer side. Sometimes some of the most successful clubs are because the people understand both. Now, just because you are very good at the business side does not mean you need to play the game. But it also helps when you understand it, one. And it, it does help if you have a part of your ownership group, people who understand the game as well. One of the, be the best things about Ford Madison is that they have different um, ventures. For example, you look at the Madison Mallards. Um, they have successfully implemented a plan, a business plan to run them, and they are, have done well. Now you can use things that you have done well with them to apply to here. And I, and I think that's important from a financial um, aspect. You know, I, I think you also need to be in an area that I think the location is, is everything because if you guys remember the Chattanooga stadium that was out in the middle of nowhere originally oh, yeah. in the beginning, and it was tough to get fans there. You want to be in a location that is exciting for people to go to because the location will drive in revenue. It will drive in people and, and people, once they drive, once they start to come in, they're more willing to to add add things to that location i just i think location is the biggest the, the biggest part of that and i think it's the foundation of creating a team Bree steven has so much historic or so much history there that you can just build up around it and, and make madison you know what it is you know th th those are just some of the, the basic things in my opinion there's so many more detailed things that go in between the budget statements planning to make sure you have enough you know liquid liquid cash um there's a lot of things from that from that standpoint yeah and i think i think grant you've probably seen that <clears throat> over the years like you know I, i've kind of offhand joked a little bit it's kind of a serious statement though right the two like big top entertainment who operates uh, kind of owns forward madison and that's that's the sort of like sporting conglomerate, right? That that makes up who operates Bree Stevens Field. They're a hospitality mm -hmm. company, and they're they're not oh, yeah. necessarily like an entertainment company. They're not a sporting company per se. They're they're a hospitality company. They they want to take care of people that come to their events. Yep. And, and let me let me just add one thing, Andrew, on that too. You're a long-term investor. You you have a long-term goal of making sure you have enough money to retire by the end of right. end of your life. Because COVID happens, you're just gonna you're gonna stop investing. I mean, we could Ford Madison could have easily done that. You guys as a flock members could have easily stopped putting the work in. After a 2019 season, we hit fourth place. We had a play, you know, we we won at Lansing. You guys remember that game? I, I remember it like oh, yeah. it was yesterday. 
great year. Season opener was in the snow. You're at the, you're at the peak. I mean, did any of you guys expect that COVID was going to be the next year? No. Uh, no. You know what I mean? The difference between you guys and your success and Lansing is because you continue to stick in and you continue to push at the recession period, at the bottom, at the trough. It, it just – those are those are the details that make thought, success versus failure. I really thought one of the more brilliant things that they did during that year was do the option where you could buy season tickets and then just roll them over for the next year. Because yeah. like that way you could you you could buy them in 2020 when you needed the money, right? And then you're gonna have people come, hopefully in 20 the, the following year and bring more people with you. And, you know, and so, I thought that that was probably one of the, the best things they did, especially because you needed you know so many small businesses needed money at that point. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was you know and so. I think that that's one of the cooler things about when you have a small club like this too, is you can come up with, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of ideas that really can pay off. So, and, and it's the creativity aspect, right? You yeah. Have, we haven't even touched yeah. on that, right? Forget about all those things. Yes. Do on the field performances matter? Of course, but creativity, I mean, you're talking about Madison. I mean, and we joke around on Twitter, our jerseys have been talked about across the world. Right. Like what? Not how many, how many league one, how many championship, how many MLS teams? Like, oh, this guy has a nice jersey. Yeah. I mean, oh, I support this team, so I'm going to buy their jersey. No, you're talking about Ford Madison jerseys on a yearly basis being some of the most popular jerseys in the world. That's creativity. You need that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this one that we're working on for the away kit for next year works out the way that we're hoping. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> there's all there's a you know you know how it goes when you're doing anything creative right everybody's got an opinion that's kind of where sure. we're at uh in the process right now um without mm -hmm. getting too much into it it's uh it's do or die time uh yeah. <laughs> for for some of the 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 design ideas that we have and I, in a good way right like any creative process that you go through is going to have you, you have that period you're gonna have and friction, you have, and you have that period of do or die time. Yep, you just do, you just do. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Eric, yeah, I mean, you you mentioned um, moving back to Madison. You know, depending on whether or not things work out on the soccer side for you, as far as like potentially signing for a club. We when we talked the other day. You had mentioned, you know, one of the considerations, and, and we talked about it earlier, a little bit earlier uh, in this recording too. Of one of the considerations is you're you're not a, a a fresh out of college single guy at this point, right? Like you've got a, a family that you're starting to think about. Even if your family right now is just, you know, uh, Carly and a and a dog on the way, like uh, Mr. Sully. Yes, yeah, Sullivan. Uh, Sully, Sully, Sullivan, Sullenberger, the third, um, James P. Sullivan. Yes. Uh, on, on his way to your household. Um, what is that process like, you know, when, when you book yourself into a new organization that you might sign with how, like, I, I don't think a lot of fans understand like just how much, like for somebody that's not a young single person, <clears throat> what kind of uh, uprooting that provokes in somebody with uh, for lack of a better term, like, uh, you know, I don't want to say the word baggage, but it's like, you've got stuff, you got people and living creatures and stuff you're bringing with you. Yeah. It, you know, at 22 years old, uh, at 21, before I signed with Ford Madison, I went to nine different tryouts. Some of them were opens, some of them were invites, and they were across the country. Some I went and I felt like, hey, I'm the best player here. Didn't even get a call back for the next day. Sometimes I went and I'm like, I'm the worst player here. Got a call back for the next day. But the, you know, the the volatility of going to a different team is significant. And, you know, at 22 years old, when you don't have per se baggage, you have the flexibility to get up, 
and you know pay your way on a flight do, or housing. do what you want you know do it do what you want and you can do those things at 28 you know my mindset doesn't change regarding the ability of and the amount of time that you have to put in my mindset doesn't change regarding the work you have to put in but there is a couple different questions you need to ask yourself are you willing to pick up if a team says hey we want you to come you know for the first month of preseason to Antarctica are you are you willing to go there for a month you know leave your family at home um you know or at times bring you know bring them with in my case I am a bit lucky because Carly does work remote which I've told you guys about before but you know she doesn't have friends she doesn't have family there and obviously I've had a great support system she traveled and followed me to Chicago not that far away but still you have to pick up everything and you have to move it's it's a big life adjustment and at 28 years old um you have to make those decisions based on not only you anymore. I no longer just say, hey, what's best for Eric? It's, hey, what's best for both of us? And I think that was something that I had to get used to right away once we got married. Yeah. Have you had people that you've been able to talk to about, about you know, transitioning with this process, you know, to where it's like, you know, um, other pros or other guys that have been through something similar where they wanted to keep playing and then just life ended up just taking them in a different direction? Yeah, you know, the interesting aspect of that is um, I have a lot of people that I've talked to and reached out to, but I think they've all given me the same answer, which is not helpful at all. They've all said like, hey, like no chance. Like you, you still have three, four more years. I, you know, I came to a couple games last year. You're still fine. So I'm like, hey, I appreciate the sport, but that's not helpful at all. Uh, no, but I mean, I've talked to, listen, I'll throw an old name out there for you guys. JC Banks, JC and Allie are, um, JC specifically, but JC I've looked up to. He's still one of the best midfielders I've ever played with. Um, and, you know, I talk to him frequently and he's been extremely helpful in this process. But, you know, he's he said, hey, listen, at the end of the day, we, you know, we play soccer because we love it. And it, it's, it's an honor to be able to do it as our job. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to put your family first. And J, JC is a great example of someone who's always put Allie and the kids first um, and you know, he, he's shown that whatever you do outside the soccer field, you, you know, you can be successful. Yeah. JC's a legend, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> he comes from a pretty legendary family. So. Yeah. Yeah. That helps yeah, to kind of have grown up in a family where <laughs> yeah, your, your, your dad was a, a pro and playing for the U.S. men's national team and coaching right. other, other younger players how to play and how to carry themselves as, as individuals, as human beings. Um, I don't, I don't know that the, I mean, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people in Wisconsin sing the plaudits of, of the Banks family. Um, I'm hoping that uh, given that, that he and Allie have kids that maybe this isn't uh, the last generation of Banks's that will uh, grace the pitch for people to watch them play. No, Jimmy's already running around kicking the ball, so <laughs> I'm confident that it's a matter of time. Going. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's great to hear. Um, I love yeah, his so, name, Jim. His name's Jimmy too. Yeah, yeah little Jimmy. Love another Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Um. So I guess like maybe maybe to kind of round things out for for this show for this episode. Um. Yeah, I guess like in your mind, what's the highest priority at this point? Are you trying to kind of shop yourself around to to find a club to play with? Is it do you have your heart set on one thing or another at this point? Um, or is it more of like just waiting over the next like, you know, week or two to see kind of what happens and then make a decision from there? Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think it's a tough question because um, for me, as I said, my priority my entire life has always been uh, my family first and soccer has always been second even when i was single my family always came first um and just because i'm married i think that stays the exact same just my my family my new family is my wife at this point um and then my my other family my parents and my sister are are there as well but i think my priority is making sure that i'm making a decision on my next step what aligns with our goals together um do I hope that's soccer? Of course, um, because I, I want to play for, you know, as long as possible. But if it's not, 
then I'm also excited as well because I, I know that while I was at Madison, um, you know, for me, I've, I've always been a guy who's left everything out on the field. And regardless of what happens next, like I said, I plan to be involved with, with the club. I want to be around the fans. I want to see everybody, which is one of the reasons why uh, we're planning on moving home back to Madison in the end. Yeah, love that. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for all forward Madison fans. I can probably speak for us is that, you know, we, if you find a place to play, we're, we're going to come cheer for you unless you're playing against us. And then we're going to brutally, brutally antagonize you. I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> Yeah, especially the from hair, Grant. I don't hear name, Leonard. Oh man, I mean the hairline jokes are gonna be nonstop. <laughs> oh my god, I may, I may, I may have an actual working razor with me in like, the walk-in. So I like that. Just like every time you come down, you're gonna hear that thing click on. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any more questions for Eric? Otherwise, we'll probably let him go for the evening. No, I think I'm good. I got nothing. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have to have you on more uh, over the course of the, you know, maybe even the preseason, who knows, but absolutely through the course of this season. uh, If you, for some reason, uh, some weird reason don't happen to find a club this season and end up moving back to Madison, you're going to have to come on the show and, and uh, just help us grill the living shit out of, some of these forward Madison players as somebody who's done it uh, and done it well and been a fan favorite. uh, You probably have uh, the most uh, actual right to do that. Whereas we uh, just do it because no one is willing to actually talk shit back to us. Listen, Ryan, if Ryan Coulter taught me anything, it's banter. Um, So Nice I'll take you up on that. Nice Love job. it. Well, we got to get both of you on our episodes. Oh, that would be, that would be illegal. That yeah. would be illegal. <laughs> I think we can make that happen. So I think we should make that happen. We should not only make that happen. Like, cause I, I, I think that for Ryan right now, that would have to be like a virtual thing. We got to get that guy here in town. Uh, he needs to model, he needs he, to model the new jerseys. Yeah. We'll, for a visit. we'll turn the cameras and the recording off. And just have a great night out. I think that's that's what the world needs right now. It's it's what I need I like right that. now. That's what I need right now. <laughs> that, sounds pretty, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, well, Mitch will be our DD for that evening. Um, wow, okay, that's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that's let's, not let's lock tr- these things down right now. <laughs> that's not true. He will have one Pim's cup and be absolutely trashed. Um, wow. Uh, just like, <laughs> just no credit given whatsoever. <laughs> Love it. I guess, hey, dude, I guess, got, I guess hey, that's payback. At least you got hair, Mitch. Yeah. This is actually not true. I think Mitch could actually drink both of us, like both me and Grant under the table if he actually, like, if we all sat down together. Like, I, maybe I, I, I could eat you guys under the table. table. I don't know about that. I was just say, I'm like, I'm like, I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> 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 yeah, Grant wasn't even going to say anything. He was just going to. I'm like, nope. Not his head. I'm like, um, nope. <laughs> well, we'll have to try it out one of these days. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, is, yes. Mitch, Mitch is like, bring it on. Right. <laughs> 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 well, that's where we will leave you uh, in a state of unrest and. Uh, Lots of drinks, everybody. unanswered questions. I think uh, they just this, call that Illinois. Yeah, that is yeah, that's accurate, actually. Uh Eric, can you confirm? Confirm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm from there too. I get it. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we love you, Eric. Thank you for joining us on this episode yeah, of Loggers with Lenny, number 33. Uh <laughs> we gotta go back and figure out how many episodes of this shit we've actually done, Grab. Um, I know. Like it's been a few total episodes. I think yeah. we're over a hundred at this point. I think we've been um, close. Not, not, not like the Eric Leonard actually playing a hundred games and Mitch having right. to confirm it, uh, like six months after the fact. 
Um, you, okay, so do you actually do you actually want to hear something about this? Yes, I do. Okay, so, before we go, before we go, before we before we go. Um, so last year, last year I was just doing just like looking at stat stuff because that's what I do. Um, I was on, uh, so you know how baseball reference, they've got all these other, they got pro football yeah. reference, hockey reference. They just started yeah. a, like a pro soccer reference. And, uh, and I went on there and I was like looking at forward Madison stats. And for whatever reason, they listed Eric Leonard as having a hundred appearances. And I look at him just like, this is like, cause I've seen, I've seen sites say 97. I've seen sites say 98. I've seen sites say hundred. I'm like, I've seen right. some say it's a myth I even played. You know what I mean? Like I, I've seen it all. It's crazy. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, look, I know I've counted this three times. I've I counted it three times. I swear to God. So I'm like, I'm gonna count it one more time. I'm gonna go to every. Mm. I'm gonna bring up every single Ford Madison match from 20, 2019 to 2022. Every single one. Go to the USL one league, league one website. I counted up not just yours, but every single other player's appearances. Every single one. And I counted it up, and for whatever reason, I found that there were there was one fewer appearance listed for Louis Bennett. Uh, I had I had one more listed than he actually had, um, and for whatever reason, I had one fewer appearance listed. Wait a second. Or Eric Leonard. Wait a fucking. Second. Wait a second. <laughs> So Eric wait a Leonard, minute. in fact, is a forward Madison Centurion. <laughs> but but wait a second. But wait, a, this, wait a second. Is this just pure baldism? <laughs> <laughs> they mistaked. They, they I'm hearing mistake. static on my side. I'm hearing static. <laughs> I mean, you, know what, I, you they, know what I think happened, and it was in the 2020 season. I think that I I, I legitimately think this because I I checked the league. Three times. I checked three times. I legitimately think that the league for one of the games over the course of the season accidentally had on their website listed Louis coming in for uh, coming off of the bench for a game instead of you. So can anyone point me in the direction of some hair products, please? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of hair products are we talking about here? So what you're saying... To lay it plain, Mitch, what you're saying is is that someone mistook Louis Bennett for Eric Leonard. For, for oh. Eric Leonard. <laughs> I, oh my god. Yeah. I think, nope, uh, don't, I think no it was one someone, say a word. I think it was someone in the league office. I think it was someone in the league Unsurprising, office. Unsurprising the league office but, got something wrong. But yeah. here's the thing. In order for it to get to the league office, somebody the official scorer. The stats person. Sent, the stats person had to have sent it in. So somebody somebody so somebody at Hart Park saw Louis Bennett come in and thought that it was this better not other way been, around. Other way around. Someone saw Eric go in and thought it was saw, Louis. Saw Eric Leonard go in and thought it was Louis Bennett. Wait a second. Wait a second. This better not have been Bryn Griffiths because he's also a bald man. <laughs> Conspiracy. Oh <laughs> I, I, I legit. I I don't know. I mean, and this is something. This is something that happens. I love how the, I love how the last. I love how the last five minutes of the show have gotten just tremendous. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is actually so. This is something I talked to Keith about last year because there was a Ooh. yellow card that was that was given at the end of a game to Timmy Mel that was never actually like put on the website it was never officially listed or anything like that and you can go back and watch the video and he was definitely given a yellow card um and but, but, apparently but no, apparently the, no the ref just never wrote it down in their book and they never went back and i'm never. just like i like to talk to keith about it and keith's just like yeah we're not asking about that but you know it's like, like it happens that would be like if you say you got into say you like you got into a car accident right and didn't do a report why are you laughing, Andrew? Look at this guy. He's already laughing. Oh, my God. Go, Grant. Go. Keep going. So, like, and didn't do a report. And then, like, yeah, didn't happen. You know, it's like it didn't happen. Just didn't happen. You know what it might have been, actually? You know what it might have been? It didn't, didn't happen. I mean, because, but it's true. I mean, because it's like you need to have, like, a report of it to happen. So. What it might have been is that uh, they saw the, uh, they saw the, t- 
the uh, the number three on uh, on Eric's back, and they looked at it and they're just like three. That's two plus one. Twenty one. Oh, 21. That's uh, that's uh, Louis Bennett. That's Louis uh, Bennett. Can I, write, can I write that down? <laughs> I wouldn't that's be am- surprised. It's amazing. So you are. So he actually has a hundred. Actually games. has a hundred. So um, currently, that- I believe he is. Uh, he he is in first place. I think he's 15 ahead of uh, Derek Gebhard. So Derek uh, can and should pass him this season. We'll go. see. If it has to be somebody, right? Who better? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. like this is what his year year four. Yeah, uh, at yeah, this point, mm-hmm. yeah. What a guy! Um, no, I, I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm glad that we ended this with conspiracy theories, uh, patent <laughs> patent baldism, um, and we need to look into this at the league level, Mitch. And also, I mean, we maybe, already know what the problem is. We already know what the problem is. What's the problem? The league is just, they're just, they're just off the rails, man. They're off the rails. Are you yeah, saying that this a whole is a, a very I think it's, I think that's, it's, it's that Florida air that they got down there at the league offices in Tampa. Just Florida in general. You know what? They don't need, they don't get to see the seasons change, Mitch. That's, you know, maybe that's the problem. I don't know. I don't know, man. You're asking. You're asking the wrong guy. I've lived in the Midwest my whole life. That's fair. Anyway, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Loggers with Lenny, number ninety-one. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Always, always a pleasure to see you guys. <laughs> we'll have you on next time. Uh, Making up arbitrary numbers. Yeah. <laughs> It's all yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. We'll let y'all go. And as Grant always says, be easy, everybody. We'll see y'all next time.